Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we watch a sci-fi movie and we talk about it. It's really quite that simple. And coming up on this week's show is one of the more notable films from 2021. They got a lot of buzz on the interwebs and in the, the critic circles and that is Titan from director Julia Ducourneau, and I'm probably butchering that name because it's French, and uh, I can't I can't do French as a language. <laughs> I can't I just I can't do the, the sounds that they make. It's impossible. Uh, I'm incapable of doing so. Uh, but this is the director of Raw, which was kind of a the slightly horror movie that I reviewed on streams after midnight with Tim. And going into this film, it's like it was maybe a little bit horror it was maybe a bit sci-fi but everyone just tended to agree that you couldn't really put it into any kind of genre but it seemed worth talking about having not seen it yet so i mean would you agree with that sentiment yes thank you for the elaborate response uh it was so in-depth and insightful <laughs> like I, I don't know how i'm going to top that uh. <laughs> <laughs> we've been kind of tight-lipped on how we feel about this movie to each other so but it is definitely one worth talking about oh so oh, i get it so you're effectively playing hard to get right now as far as the opinion goes you're like i don't know i'm not giving this up like not That's my style not until not until you ask the question directly am i actually going to totally tell not you true. i always tell you how i feel about the movie <laughs> like instantly <laughs> Yes, yes. I keep it secret. I like to withhold until the podcast and then unleash it. I know, that's why I was so surprised at Moonfall. <laughs> you were surprised at Moonfall. You knew exactly how I felt. You knew how I felt. Check the tapes. You saw it before I did. I'm pretty sure you knew how I felt, like, as you were watching it, like, before I saw it. You, you just knew. Genuinely surprised. Okay, well, I'm not. I mean... We're definitely reviewing the anti-moonfall uh, with this movie, I'll say that much. And by that, I don't mean the moon rises. <laughs> yeah. uh, what I mean is, is this is not a blockbuster, it's not a Roland Emmerich film. This is the arthouse foreign film from France uh, with a very arthouse director doing her best concoction of surrealist drama textual science fiction a little bit of cronenberg body horror in there uh like brandon cronenberg both cronenbergs i mean because <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong but david cronenberg did do a movie where people got off on uh, the idea of cars and car oh, accidents crash. yeah so there's even a little bit of that in here as well yeah we'll start spoiler free as we we often do and we'll give you warning before we get to spoilers. I feel like this will mostly be the spoiler section, though, and we'll just do a little bit of spoiler-free, because I don't know how much you can talk about this before you start just... Yeah, it's one of those films. Yeah, going into the craziness. But it is a movie that is pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. It's getting a lot of buzz. It, to me, this is a sign. It, it kind of feels like the director here made Raw, which is a very good movie, and is... You know, it's a bit wild in the sense that it's a bit extreme in its portrayal of, like, cannibalism because it's kind of about this vegetarian who is forced to eat some sort of weird meat when she goes to college. And it, But it's all a metaphor. It's all this coming-of-age metaphor for, like, your, letting your wild side out. But she gets this taste for human meat and she starts... And there's a lot of little disgusting moments in the way it sort of handles the topic is really well done. I felt like with this one, she just kind of wanted to go with the weirdest idea she had for her second movie. Uh, which is funny because it feels like after this, like... She can't go weirder than this. Like, 
maybe she can match the weirdness, but I feel like after this, she's probably going to be more normal, if anything, as a director. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but... I have not seen Raw. This is the first of Julie's movies that I've seen. Julia. Julia. Yes. Julia's films. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the basic premise to give you some... And this, again, it's a weird movie to give a premise for. But the main character, this woman named Alexia, she, as a little girl, is in a car accident and gets a titanium plate put in her head, right? That's kind of where the title comes from. We cut to her as an adult, and it turns out that she has something of a weird fetish or sexual attraction to vehicles, as well as the fact that she's also maybe a serial killer. <laughs> but then the actual plot of the movie, once it gets going, is more about her kind of like hiding. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't think we've got to spoil any more yeah, than that. Yeah, that's... Everything you said is more of the introduction yes. to the film. <laughs> uh, it does take a bit of time to, you know, go through all that stuff. And there's, sure. there's definitely some details in it that are a bit, you know... Crazy, wild, wacky, extreme, provocative, one might say. One might say. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's do it then. Let's, let's, let's ask the question. Tara, my yes. intelligent, witty, and open-minded friend. Yes, sir. What did you think of Titan? I think it's a very good movie. I think... It's a very good drama. Oh? I think the sci-fi stuff is completely unnecessary to the film. <laughs> Even the serial killer part is kind of unnecessary to the film. <laughs> I think there's a lot... I think there's actually a very good story in this film, and it is very engaging and provocative. And I think some of the visuals, including the sci more sci-fi stuff, is very fun to watch. And very well acted. I mean, that lead actress just gives it her all. And eventually, the you know, the lead actor is also, mm. like, very good in it. And all that drama stuff, like, I was really into. The more out there stuff, I just was waiting to see why it was relevant. And I'm sure you'll tell me later on, but I, I just don't think it's necessary to the movie. Like, I don't think it proved why it needed to be there. I feel like you're uh, putting me on a bit of a on the spot a little bit here by assuming that I'm going to have a great explanation for why everything in this movie is in this movie. Uh, I respect that you think I am semi-intelligent <laughs> and can analyze films. I think I think you speak art house a little bit better than me, that's all. <laughs> but I feel like you're putting me on the spot here a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I like the movie a lot. I, I think the director... I loved her previous film, and I think right from the start of this, you just you feel this strong directorial hand. There's, a, there's an opening sequence uh, after we jump to like you know the adulthood, the present day stuff, where it's our main character arriving at this. It's like a it's like a car show with like sexy dancers. Like that's where she works. But the entire sequence in which she walks into this place, uh, where you're sort of focusing on her back, and she's got like a it's like a lion on the back of her shirt or something. Uh, but the way the camera is sort of like going from her to some of the dancers at the cars and then going back to her and then transitions to her being in like a full like, you know, stripper. I'm not strippers, but I mean, they look like strippers. They're not actually stripping, but they look like strippers. She's wearing like the really large fishnet. Yeah. <laughs> Neon yellow fishnet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get, what's the point of those? Like there's more hold than there is fabric. Like what's the um, point? They emphasize curves. But anyway, 
that that thing is super stylish and it, it feels like there's an energy to it and this flow to it and then there's sequences later on where there's just really great tension and and really great kind of like edge of your seat moments but then it'll handle really quiet drama and it'll focus on character reactions to moments and these little nuances in the performances that just sort of like and it's a really complex like you say the drama that's set up in this movie once we get into the sort of the the the, the like the, the middle portion to the end of the movie all of that is like such a unique a unique just setup for the characters and the situation they're in and the way and what their relationship is to each other and how complex that is and like the discovery and exploration of those relationships that is very expertly done i think and i think i was always captivated by what was going on in this story i was always captivated by the character choices and what was happening and the weird stuff the sci-fi stuff i do also think is really well shot i think it's it's presented in this really uh kind of hypnotic what the hell's going on way and then it's just kind of there it's kind of in the background kind of lingers until you know the very end where it really more so comes into it but uh i was enthralled pretty much immediately i thought there was a lot of really well done sequences in this the character was always engaging it's like it's a character who's tough to like get on board with because she inherently there's some unlikable qualities to her because she is a weird but also a serial killer and also like all these other things uh but there's also things to actually be empathetic about and you sort of understand her better as the movie's going on uh and then the other character vincent who we get to you know about a third or so in like he's also a very interesting character and he has layers to him and there's a lot to kind of go into with with their like pairing and everything that goes on there so yeah i i, I liked it a lot um this it's hard it's hard to compare to raw in many ways because because raw was the and the actress who was in raw's in this film uh the the one with the the pierced nipples <laughs> is, is the, is justine the, justine was her name in this yeah she, she was the main character in in raw but that film was obviously a lot more of uh well i mean it wasn't a normal movie it was still weird because it was this cannibal thing but that was more of like a maybe a bit more of a heart to it whereas this is like this has heart definitely by the end and you definitely feel like kind of like what it's saying about its characters and the sort of trauma that it's dealing with and what it what it's actually getting at but it's it's sort of like you have to fight to get to the heart right you're sort of like going through the movie sort of like trying to unlock what the heart of the movie is Whereas in that, like, I felt like it was it was much more on its sleeve because it was a character study from the start. Whereas this is still a character study, but it's a it's an intentionally obscured character study because you're you're going through this lens of what is this weird shit? What is going on? Why is she doing? Oh, she's killing people now. What's happening? Like, there's there's all these like <laughs> levels to your like experience going through it. Um, so I liked it a yes. lot. I knew you would. <laughs> what do you want a medal like I, the movie was good and then i liked it like I, i'm a simple man <laughs> i imagine this movie if i showed it to people i know most of them would not like the film i because i'm smart than all your other friends that is not true <laughs> i hate how confident you said that <laughs> I do not appreciate the insinuation. Don't think of it as, like, you're dumb. Think of it as, I have very smart friends. Well, I'm sorry. Are you friends with, like, a physicist and, like, a a neurosurgeon? Is, is that what you're saying to me right now? Uh, nope. But I have very smart friends. Uh, f- 
some uh, of them just like really, you know, terrible films. <laughs> Michael Bay fans is what you're telling me then. Eh? No. Definitely not. Roland Emmerich fans. I mean like like the Baywatch movie. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Come on. I get some smart points compared to Baywatch movie fans. Come on. Okay, you get some points. <laughs> Yeah, so I do like the film. I do. I. I mean, I. I do agree with everything you said. I just think the, um, although visually the sci-fi parts are very like engaging and like stimulating. <laughs> Stim- to- stimulating, you say? <laughs> They're stimulating. I think yeah, it's, it stimulates the brain. I think it's a. They're, they're <laughs> stimulates a few organs. I think. I think. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm crack. I'm cracking. It's, it's a very sexual film. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> sexual acts. There's a lot of nudity. You know. Yes. It's, there's a lot of that going on. The dourness is there that I've come to expect from French movies, which mm-hmm. uh, it's just part of the game. It's not. A che- it's not a cheery film by any means. There's, no one's going to accuse it of that. I don't think. No. Just on the actor who plays Vincent here, uh, I thought I just wanted to mention he he looks like a French version of I think his name's Chris Maloney, the actor. He was reminding me yeah. of somebody. Yeah, he he looks a lot like another actor. I, I think I think that's the name I'm thinking of. Uh, is that the one from the Criminal Minds? Yes, I think he's on Criminal Minds. I never watched that, but yeah, I think he's on that. Yeah, yeah. I was getting a lot of him from this dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to the point, I was like, did he learn French? Did he go? <laughs> did he go off and <laughs> learn French? To be uh, he was reminding reminding me of somebody. It, it might have been him, but I, I never really was able to pinpoint it. Sure. Yeah. But he was great. I thought he was great in the film. No, he's very good. Uh, the two leads are, 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 are excellent. Uh, direction's very good. I think the use of music is generally very good. Uh, I think it's... You know, it's a movie with ideas and themes and the, you do have to think about it a little bit. You do have to pay attention. You do have to, you know, read the subtext. And I'm not saying I understand everything the movie's saying because this does feel like a movie that is there to be explored for a long time and people are going to, like, try and, like, crack into it through different lenses and through different ideas but it does feel like something that is, is very rich in, in its concepts there are I'm sure there's some things that I'm that maybe I could look up see what the director said about the movie or something just to help me out a little bit but because I, I am kind of still working through it. I watched it last night and I spent most of this morning while doing errands, just thinking about the film. <laughs> and, but, and there were also things that, you know, remind me of the movie. I did drive around in a car today. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever feel that the car was uh, making a move? <laughs> uh, my car and I have a very healthy relationship. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, there was a documentary, this was years ago, this was over a decade ago now, but there was a documentary on UK TV and I think it was about Americans, and I'm not just saying that to, like, to, you know, pass the the blame here. It's okay, but I, I hope it was mostly Florida. But it was, uh, it was about, it was about a guy who likes to have sex with his car, right? It was, oh yeah, a car fetish. And I've heard about that. They, they found like a second guy who did this, and they like they, they they introduced them to each other. And the only thing I remember about this is that later on, one of them snuck out and had sex with the other man's car, and they get into <gasps> an argument about it. And it, it's the funniest like thing to me. <laughs> I would be upset if someone had sex with my car. 
<laughs> it's just a... And I'm not even romantically involved with my vehicle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just, you know, you, like, there's a point right, where you're just... You owe me one car wash. Yeah, there's a point where you're just defacing someone's property, yes. Like, I mean, that that's fundamentally what's happening. But, but obviously to him, it was like a personal, like... <gasps> Like you assaulted my car. Like we are no mortal enemies. Are you are you able to to talk about it without spoilers? Where you can explain why this is in the movie? <laughs> I don't think so. I I think there's some thematic stuff. I think there's uh, I mean it's all symbolic. It's all metaphor. Like there's not a reason like in plot why there's sci-fi stuff in the movie. It's never explained in the movie or anything like that. It's it's all just it it it's there. It's happening, and it's up for us to interpret it and kind of talk about what it means so thanks uh, director <laughs> what is this is this the movie director equivalent of when a singer holds out the mic for the crowd to sing instead of that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the equivalent would be i guess it would be like Sinead o'connor ripping up a piece of picture of the pope during her song debut on saturday night live maybe what the hell was that about? <laughs> spoilers, I guess. I think so. <laughs> I don't know what else we could say without spoiling things, to be honest. It's, it's, it's such a... You know, it's not quite the same, but in the same way that God told me to, it's, there's a lot of, like, it keeps changing. I wouldn't say this keeps changing, but there's a lot of things that it happen. It takes right angles yeah. all the time. It's like, oh, we're here now. This yeah. is what this movie is. But it, it definitely, like, yeah, it does take some turns, especially early on, I think. I wouldn't want to just spoil and say what they are if you've not seen the movie. Or at least if you if you care about spoilers. Obviously, so I know some people will still listen to the spoiler section and just, you know, because they don't care. They're, they're fine with hearing it, which is This cool. is their way of, yeah, this is their way of getting to know the film Titan. Yes. So, spoilers from this point on for Titan. Um, yeah, that's, that's just what we have to we have to work through this bad boy it's just it's one of those movies the opening scene although the opening shot as like the opening titles are starting to play or whatever is actually just this like long close-up going uh, like showing the underneath of a car but it's mm-hmm. so close that unless you really know your cars you may not even recognize that's what it is because it's just like you know like a shaft here like a little you know bit here <laughs> it's just um and eventually it sort of reveals like it's, we're in the past and it's the little girl version of alexia and She's actually a little shit. Like, she, she is, like... like. It actually took me a minute to realize that she was making an engine noise. I just, like... It's one of those things where I think it transitioned from the real noise to her doing it so well that, I, like... It wasn't until the dad, like, complained at least once that I was like, oh, she's making the noise. Like, that's her. She's she, she's going... Like... Uh, and then she starts kicking his seat. And he tells it to stop. And then she takes off her seatbelt and he, he turns to try and get her to sit back down and then the car gets, you know, the skids, they hit something uh, and this is what leads to her getting a titanium plate in her in her head. Um, her relationship with her father here does not feel particularly healthy. Um, I wouldn't say it's like super warning sign at this point, mainly just because it, it still just kind of feels that like she's been a little shithead of a child and he's like just yeah, not she, dealing with she it. she looks really like eight years old or something and yeah. kicking the back of his seat while it, he's driving. Yeah, it, that's irritating, but that's the thing a kid would do. Yeah, it's, it's more when you get to the adult stage where she's like 30 and they seem to just like hate each other and they're just like really quiet with each other. But um, there's a little tint though that she, that she has changed or something where when they get out of the hospital and she runs up to the car and like kisses the window. Yeah, she gives it a big hug. And kisses it. Yeah. 
And so there is this kind of like sick contrast, like going from that to like this sexy car show where there's lots of like stripper looking ladies like dancing over cars and and they're kind of semi-famous. I mean, not famous. That's maybe not quite right, but they're getting Probably for that crowd. Yeah, like, for that I crowd, knew, yeah. I knew a dancer. She would do, like, go-go dancing and stuff. And she would do car shows. And, like, she was really popular at the car shows. Yeah. Most people wouldn't recognize her elsewhere, but, yeah. like. No, she was just a model that was always hired to do car shows. Hmm. So, yeah. And it's, it's kind of this, you know... Like we're we're an edgy car show because they're they're doing sexy dances all over the top of it and you know, mm-hmm. um, and she really, she knows how to dance. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, she does a very very provocative dance. Very- there's a lot of like the hands going through the legs and like you know while she's bent over and then slinking yeah. across the car. Lots uh, of twerking. Lots of twerking. But like I say the the way this is shot, like I thought was like I really liked this scene, the visually and just yes. how it was like presented. Yeah, uh, her entrance and stuff, and the way people react when they see her. It makes it's, it. Yeah, it's doing a lot of showing, not telling. Yeah, it makes it. It makes it her entrance feel like a big deal, and I think because we just saw her as a child, like hugging, kiss a car, us cutting to this, because because you don't even know that she works here yet. Honestly, it's not until it transitioned to her in the dancer's outfit that I was like, oh, she's actually one of the dancers. Like I thought she was just here because she likes the car. <laughs> like, yeah, she's a. Uh... <laughs> She looks cool, and she's in a cool place with cool people, like cool cars. Like it just seemed like she was just walking through it. Yeah, but uh, she does a dance, and she's in the shower afterwards with uh, with Justine, right? Who's also a dancer. We see her briefly, like some guy like touches her a little bit, and the security like throws him out. But they're in the shower, and Justine like yeah, they're, they're next to each other. It's one of those you know communal showers where there's just a lot of showers, so they're standing next mm-hmm. to each other, and she just tries to like say, "Hey, I'm Justine." Just, Make some small talk, which is, you know, it's surreal to me to think about just making small talk in that situation. You're just standing there, but I think you just be like, hey, so I'm so-and-so. Well, it, when it's part of your job and, like, you do it all the time, yeah. like, yeah, it makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure this is, like, they're used to this now, but um, as someone who never had to go through, like, showering in school after, like, PE was never a thing for me, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, we did. We tended to still stay in our bathing suits in school, sure. but I went through boot camp, and boot camp is another story. She doesn't really respond to her, right? Alexia does not really reply to her. But then there's this weird thing where she drops her soap, which is normally, you know, if this was a prison, we'd be telling a different story here, but she drops her soap, and Justine goes, like, oh, I'm going to be nice and help her. I'm going to lean down and pick this up too. Or maybe it's the other way around. I can't remember who drops what and who, who leans down to help the other one. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, is that Alexia's hair gets caught in the nipple piercing that Justine has. So they're kind of stuck together and like she's trying to pull the hair out and it's just kind of this awkward thing where it's oh, tugging at her nipple. French meat cute. It is, it's a super <laughs> weird meat cute. Uh, th- th- and this one's not too bad. There is a, there's a nipple scene later that was making me uncomfortable though. Uh, <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll get to that, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's this awkward interaction between them uh, that kind of sets them up as knowing each other. I think as we're being introduced to the themes of the movie here, when Alexia goes to her car, she goes out, she signs a few autographs when she's in there, and mm-hmm. she's on her way Get out. Get some selfies. Yeah, but when she's on, on her way out and there's a couple of people wanting autographs, she's like, no, we're done for the night, I'm going home. I think the selfie is the only time we see her smile also. And it's like a fake smile. Yeah, it's a fake smile, yeah. But it's just the one time that we see her smile is just for, like, she has this alternate personality that people see online. Well, I mean, I, I think the whole thing with this introduction, and especially when you combine it with what happens here where 
this guy follows her, starts chasing after her, she's scared, she runs to the car. You know, it's starting to play this tense kind of typical, there's a dangerous man, she's out there on her own at night. Um, obviously, it takes a turn when she, you know, she's got like a big knitting needle she uses as like a, a hairpin. And she mm-hmm. pulls it out and like stabs him in the ear because he forcibly kisses her. And then she sort of like makes him put his guard down a little bit, like sort of going along with the kiss. But then she pulls out her needle and like stabs him in the ear and he dies. And her reaction to this is a little bit like, this doesn't feel like you're, you're not in enough shock that you just killed someone that it feels like the first time, you know, because we don't know she's a killer yet. This is like their first glimpse of this. Yeah. Uh, her reaction is like, well, I guess this has just happened. <laughs> yeah. And she puts she puts the needle back in her hair, uh, and she goes and like back into the showers to like wash her neck because he you know he basically had like a seizure almost when he was dying, and she's like washing all the foam off of her and the spit mm-hmm. off of her neck. Um, but you know, I, I think that some of the clear themes that are introduced in this whole introduction is basically the expectation of of a woman, uh, the objectification of a woman, and the dangers of of being a woman and obviously there's a version of it here that she to survive in this world is this cold merciless person who doesn't seem to like anything doesn't seem to get on with people and yeah she obviously protects herself and kills this guy but it kind of feels like she's always that like this because anything else would make her feel unsafe she's she's very cold and machine-like yeah i suppose yes like a car (laughs) like titanium uh yeah but yeah no i mean that's like i think that is par- partially there and it's right after this it's when she's in the shower she hears some noises and she walks into the shower. and it's very notable here that she doesn't put any like a towel on or any clothes she walks out the shower completely nude walks into the main like floor of this place this warehouse or wherever they've, they've got this car show this car's headlights are on she's drawn to the car mm-hmm and then, well, did you see the sweet flames on the side of it? <laughs> so it's a very pretty car and a kind of tacky <laughs> gangster kind of way. Uh, and she goes into the car and we don't see it at first. We just sort of see the car going up and down and it's like, wait, what's going on in there? <laughs> it's like, what's, what's happening? And we cut to a shot of her and it's like she's like got her hands like wrapped in the seatbelts. You know, almost like they're, mm-hmm. almost like someone's like tied her to a bed, right? And she's, so she's moaning, she's groaning and it's like, this is a sex scene. And we never see anything from the waist down to like imply what is actually interacting with her, if anything. Is it more of a ghost-esque thing happening? Uh, but she's having sex with a car. And it's not just like she... It's not, it's not like she's like on the gear stick just doing it herself. The car is screwing her somehow, yeah. some way in this scene. The car is taking part in intercourse. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point in the movie where I think... If you're out, this is the moment where you're out. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, like, like if you if, if you're into this, if you're like, oh my god, this is so weird. I want to see where this goes. I need to see where this goes. Then you're going to be in for it. But I wonder if it has to do with like the last time we saw her interact with the car, she also showed affection towards it, mm. even though the car is the thing that almost killed her and caused her to have this titanium thing in her head. It might be like. Like, her dad wasn't paying attention to her, got in an accident with the vehicle, and then she loves the vehicle. And then this guy comes up to her, uh, sexually assaults her, and then 
she has this interaction with a vehicle. <laughs> like, is it because like the men in her life or she just distrusts men that she turns to machine? Well, I, I think it's more specific than that. Like, because so, go back to the dad thing. Like, it's not so much that he wasn't paying attention. If anything, he was paying too much attention, which is why he crashed. Well, she was trying to goad him into like, look at me, look at me like a kid. Ultimately, she feels he's responsible. It's his fault they crashed. I mean, it's not really, it's hers. But she feels that it's his fault that like she's in this accident. And it's not the car's fault. The car's just a machine. The car's like a, an innocent like tool in it's this. Like, a, like an animal. So yeah, I, I, something you would... So I, I think the appeal that maybe she latches onto with the car is that this thing isn't going to betray her on its own. It's not going to do anything malicious to her on its own, right? It's, it's, it's an innocent party in the whole process and i don't know if like her getting the titanium plate is like she feels more connected to a vehicle now because she is part metal herself maybe i mean it could mean like uh i mean it could also just mean literal brain damage that has occurred um there's also the thing with the like she does eventually I, i mean like right after this hook up with justine who maybe she feels connected to because there's that incorporation of metal and flesh when she was like up and close with her nipple <laughs> and the nipple piercing. So maybe there is that, you know, flesh and metal turn on for her. Yeah, I mean, it's notable that when she does try, because we just kind of cut to them together and they're, they're, they're making out and she lifts up Justine's shirt and she goes immediately for the, the piercing mm-hmm. on her nipple. And... This scene was freaking me out, actually, because she starts, like, pulling at it with her teeth and to the point where I'm like, that looks sore. And then Justine's actually saying, hey, <laughs> stop that. <laughs> or, like, it's, it's, it's to the point where the nipple's been pulled so much that it was, like, all, like I was worried that she was going to, like, rip her nipple, like, rip through her nipple. And I, I was, like, getting really uneasy about it. I was, I was actually, my hand was ready to block the visual because I just, <laughs> I, I, like, that, that's nasty to me. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, she is focusing, like, she, she, she has no interest in going downstairs. She has no interest in any other part of her body. It's like, no, this part is getting metal. That's what she's interested in. That's mm-hmm. what she's, and it's, it's almost like this is an attempt for her to do something more normal. This is her trying to reach out to a human being and thinking, oh, maybe this is like a, a compromise, right? She's got a bit of metal. This is my, and then. She's but, not a gross man who's trying to sexually assault me. Like, she seems really into me <laughs> in like a healthy way. Yes. It doesn't last very long, obviously. She ultimately can get intimate with her and ultimately kills Justine as well. And apparently she has a lot of roommates in this big fancy house uh, who she then also goes on to kill almost all of them. One gets away, which is why she ultimately has to go on the run because there's a survivor, there's someone who knows who she is. I mean, maybe not her... No, they didn't know her name, I think, ultimately. but um, I'm sure they could figure it out. Yeah. I mean, she was at the car show. She took selfies with people. One of the things that we've skipped over, though, is the scenes with the family where she's back at her, her house and she's living with her parents and her dad and her are so cold with each other. There was a scene where he comes in and he goes to like get whatever he's having for dinner and he just pulls something out of the fridge and it's basically just pre-made and it's like there for him. And as he's doing this, she is walking around the kitchen pulling out like 50 ingredients to like have something like on her own. And like they're they're, and, you know, people can eat different things. That's fine. But like, it's filmed in this way that really shows the contrast between them. He's a man in a suit who's got a pre-made meal that's sitting there waiting for him, and it's just ready to go. And she's in like a t-shirt and like shorts, just sort of going around and and like grabbing a bunch of random different things. Like, she's more chaotic. And 
that may not be important on its own, but the importance is the contrast and how like, out of sync they are uh, mm-hmm. as people. Um, so I think that's really important. Uh, obviously, the first signs that she's pregnant from the car, may I add, uh, <laughs> is this first. Because this is the thing, like, I didn't... She, she has a little bit of uh, what turns out to be oil uh, like on her leg. And, but it's, it's only on her like her underwear so it's only a quick shot so i was thinking oh it looks a bit dark but maybe maybe whatever like i didn't think too much of it it wasn't mm-hmm. until later where i was like oh wait no this is like black oil that's coming out of her every time that something happens so that, that's kind of your first sign and she you know it's just when she's with justine she gets a pregnancy test because she starts to like vomit and she's like these are pregnancy symptoms i'm having uh and she's already starting to show because I, they don't really make it clear, I don't think, in the movie, but I think this is a sped-up thing. I think so, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like her stomach was starting to show quite early, and then, you know, I don't know how much time has passed by the time she gives birth at the end, but... Yeah, I think it takes, like, three months to start showing, the way that we see it in the movie, anyway. I mean, it seems to happen really fast. But hey, it's like a supernatural-slash-sci-fi pregnancy, though, so whatever. <laughs> we can we can roll with it. I... Yeah, I mean, I think the the the, the core idea of her, like, literally, because this is the thing, later on in the movie, when her stomach is bursting and we're starting to see, like, wounds and holes, we're seeing, like, she's, it's almost like she's uh, got a titanium coating under all of her skin, right? All of her body's got, like, a titanium-style coating. And, because, uh, I mean, I didn't realize that specifically until the end. I actually thought for a while the baby was literally just a ball <laughs> that was in her stomach, and that's what the metal was we were seeing. Uh, but that's not yeah. true. Obviously, there's a baby that's born at the end, and mm-hmm. no, it's just no. She has just this metal layer underneath her skin uh, mm-hmm. at all times, and I think that part of that is like this hard shell that she's had to like build. It was, I think that the metaphor there is really obvious. I think is that she's had to like create a hard shell. It doesn't go into it too much, but there's just a couple of moments with the father, particularly like before she decides to burn. When she comes back from this party where she's killed most of the people, and mm-hmm. her father's like waiting at the window watching. Like, there is an implication here to me that like, he is abusive, or he was abusive at some point, maybe when she was a child. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know if I picked up on that too much. Other, I, I mean, she's still there, living with him in her, like, I don't know, maybe 30s or something. So, I think the actress is in her 30s. They, so, me- no, they, think- me- they mentioned in her movie she's 32. They say that in the film. Okay, yeah. So, like... um it could just be like they just don't have this relationship because he blames himself for the accident and she blames him for the accident so they just don't talk they just never built a relationship yeah i mean even if there wasn't abuse per se it's definitely a very disconnected uh relationship and i think while he may not be as villainous as like assaulting her i think part of the whole rest of the movie could just be neglect also yeah yeah part of the whole rest of the movie is that she finds a, a, a father figure who actually cares about her and that's something she never had. And maybe a lot of the reasons why she is the way she is is because she never had a proper father figure that, that you know, mm-hmm. that, that loved her unconditionally no matter what she was or who she was. Um, and, you know, she was missing that. And alternatively, Vincent, when we meet him, the whole idea is that he needs to be a father to someone, right? You know, specifically to his son that he lost originally. But then as time goes on and he becomes more aware and accepts that this isn't really his son... He still doesn't care. It's like, no, I need to be a father. I need to like love someone mm-hmm. unconditionally. And maybe it's because he blames himself for his son's disappearance. You know, I, I, I think th- that's clear. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we ever get like a. They never really go into exactly how he disappeared, do they? They, they never. 
know. I think they said he was nine when he disappeared. Yeah. But that's all. But, you know, he's he's a tough guy. Like, he takes steroids to be stronger. Uh, although he is getting up there in age, he's still, like, I, I think maybe he's using the steroids to to stay strong. Yeah, it's less, about, strong. it's less about him being built like a tank and more about trying to keep up with all the young men that he works with. Because he's a, he's a firefighter. He's, a, he's the captain yeah. at a fire station. Well, I think a lot of it stems from, like, he was supposed to protect his son. And he wasn't, he somehow feels like he's emasculated well, because he wasn't able to do that. That he needs to, he's compensating. Yeah, I think it's part of that, but I think more broadly it's about masculinity in general. Um, I think a lot of this film, especially after this point where she hitchhikes and then realizes she's like being chased by authorities and she decides to like alter her appearance, she, she decides to pretend to be this because she sees the missing poster. And this was really fancy, I thought. They had like a sort of, uh, uh, like a, an ad playing where it was like these missing kids who went missing a long time ago. And they digitally sort of try to age them up to say this is what they would look like now. And that happens adult life. now. Like, it, um, oh, I'm sure it does. I see it at gas stations and stuff. They'll have. It's not usually like a, a, like a picture that transforms, but they'll have like, oh, like this person would be. They have a picture of the kid, and then they have a picture of what they think the kid would look like now. Oh yeah, I, I don't doubt this is a real thing. I, I'm just like this is. I just thought it was neat. Uh, a device to use in a movie and she uh she goes to the bathroom and breaks her own nose and this is one of these scenes where it, it lasts quite a while and she's like punching herself repeatedly in the face and then ultimately starts smashing her head on the sink to uh to alter her, her appearance yeah and like change yeah. her face she gives herself black eyes she cuts her hair and ultimately she's going to pretend to be this missing kid right this uh was it andre i think that's, that's the thing. The first time when Vincent comes to like the, the police station to see her, uh, I should say, well, him, but it's her because we know it's her. Like they say, we'll, we'll do a DNA test. And he goes, you don't think I'll recognize my own son? And he opens the curtain and he just needs to believe it. He wants to believe it. And it's obviously every single person around him for the rest of the film, whether they know or don't know, do feel a bit wary about the whole thing and they, they, they kind of feel that something's off and nothing's not something's not quite what, what some of them obviously figure it out completely and some of them are just kind of like this is a bit weird uh but like he doesn't need he doesn't need a test he thinks he can recognize his son and he mm -hmm. he's convinced this is his son so he takes her home i sort of suspect that he knew from the beginning that it wasn't his but he just wanted to believe it so much that he was just like that's my son and maybe he does, yeah. Like maybe he, in some level, he does know, but obviously he's not confronted with the harsh truth of it until later on. Like I, I could see that for sure. But he, he, he is an interesting character uh, to explore, and I, I think a lot of her trying to pretend to be a guy and pretend to be the son, and the the exploration of masculinity that. One that's just expected of her now because she's supposed to be a guy. So, so Vincent keeps keeps trying to get her to do certain things. You're going to be a firefighter now. You're going to save lives now. You're going to do this, and we see like this contrast when she's hanging around. She's pretending to be his son, and she's mm -hmm. hanging around uh, all of his firefighters who are all pretty built. Like they intentionally cast a bunch of guys who clearly go to the gym <laughs> for this movie because <laughs> they wanted these these shots of all these guys. Because at one point they have like a rave like in the floor of the fire station. And it's this weird scene where the they're French. all dancing, and like half of them are topless, and yeah, it's like a it's like a Chippendales calendar. Yeah, <laughs> and she looks so skinny in the middle of all of them compared to them, and it's all just very, you know, it, it's, it's all these clashes with the masculinity around them, and like you know the fact that he does take these steroid injections to keep tough, like he's supposed to be tough and strong, so he's going to keep mm -hmm. being tough and strong, 
And it made me wonder, because there's a, there's a scene not too long into this portion of the film where she's living with him. And there's a couple of times where she tries to run away and he has to try and keep a hold of her. And uh, Yeah, he and, locks her in her room yeah. too. And which it doesn't come across as malicious or anything like that because this is no, a kid. he doesn't want his son yeah. to run away again. And it, she does seem flaky. You know, she seems like she's going to run away and she does try. She does, yeah, she jumps out of the car when it's still moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, th- th- it comes across more as, no, no, my son is disturbed and I'm trying to like do what's right for him by keeping him like locked up. Not because it's, he's being cruel. It never comes across as he's like some creep <laughs> or anything yeah. like that. Um, although there's a couple of points. The first time it cut to his bare ass as he's injected himself, I thought, oh, is this guy into some stuff? Like, <laughs> where are we going with this? She goes into, like, it's like, because, you know, his family used to live here, right? He's lived at this fire station for a long time, seemingly, right? Ever since his, his son was a little kid. And his wife has left. His wife is not in the picture anymore. And Probably because they lost a kid. Yeah, that probably brought them up. Because yeah, we see her later on, and it kind of sounds like him wanting to stay here where they stayed with him was like a breaking point for her. She just couldn't, she didn't want to be around where they lived as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was more than that as well, but that seems to be well, part of it. Well, she mentions, like, you know, how can you be next to his room where you could still smell him? Stuff like that. So there's a scene, though, where she's going through, like, his bedroom, and she finds this dress, and she, like, oh, this is a nice yellow dress, and she puts it on. Of course, I'm thinking as I'm more like, He's going to walk in and his you know quote-unquote son is going to be standing there in this yellow dress this maternity dress yeah and he comes and she's in very pregnant at this point yeah which she's taping down like it, it actually gets really unrealistic later on in the movie like how much she's supposedly taping this down because she's like eight months it's pregnant so pa- <laughs> it looks so painful every time yeah, but then you cut to her and look the fire station and with the guys. Her boobs are getting bigger also, so she has to like tape those down, and they probably hurt so much because they're full of well oil. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it cuts to the fire station later on, and obviously the actress isn't really pregnant or anything, so she's just not wearing anything like any of the prosthetics or whatever when she's in these scenes. And I'm like, I don't physically believe that you could tape that stomach down this much because you just look skinny I'm here. I'm curious, like if that is a thing that that people can do because some people like. I mean, believe it or not, like, are not able to even know that they're pregnant and they're not, it's not because they're super overweight. Like, sometimes people just don't put on a lot. But mm. at the same time, like, we clearly see her with the prosthetics. She's a yes. big girl. There's a big belly. Yes. <laughs> so he's wearing this dress in the bedroom, right? His mom's, well, the, 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 you know, the, the wife's dress. And in walks Vincent, and he actually laughs at this at first. And he pulls out this photograph of his son as a little boy trying on the same dress and first of all it's like okay so he's laughing at this because on the one hand you could read this as oh she luckily did something that his son did once upon a time so he's reading this as like him remembering like something from his past and he's sort of affectionate about it but it did make me wonder if like i wonder if his son actually was maybe like doing things like this and maybe part of like his redemption of this and why he feels so guilty is maybe he didn't react well to his son being maybe more effeminate than perhaps I I was getting like maybe I mean I can't speak too much about this but like I was wondering if this was supposed to be a bit of a like a, a trans allegory also for like people who because she obviously has to disguise her gender and she chooses to become uh, this man's son for survival's sake but he sees her as his son and like treats 
her as a as his son and then it could be like because his son maybe had these qualities of maybe he did identify as female that even though he sees his son in her maybe he recognizes that she is female but still like well my son had that also yeah i mean i never i never considered that it was i mean i i can so much of this film is about like gender roles and masculinity and like what we expect from uh you know her her in the beginning where she's this like beautiful model versus what she you know becomes yeah but i i don't like i i agree this is an interesting lens to look at it through and i think it works for vincent's side of the story I don't necessarily think that her story though is about that because I think she is like who she is. Like I, I think mm-hmm. that's the point. Like the, the scene later on where they're at the rave and she goes up to, and they put her on the the they put her on the fire engine and because she's turned on by cars she turns she, she starts sexy dancing. And yeah, all the guys are confused. Yeah, they're all just like, <laughs> like what's happening? What they was... can't look away. <laughs> they're like, this is so confusing. Why, why why is the boss's son suddenly doing this weird sexy dance? Um, <laughs> and he's great at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is clearly something he's done before. Like, I, I think she very much is her. So, I, like, I, I think what you're saying might be in there, and it, it might be in there for one side of it specifically, like Vincent and how he maybe treated his son. Who maybe, maybe son. I don't, I don't necessarily even necessarily think that the son had to be completely, tr- you know, either trans or identifying as anything different. It could just be early signs of something like that. It could be, you know, maybe just. He played with a doll one time. He put on a dress one time, and like you know, he was a he's a you know a manly man. He got worried. He goes, "Oh no, my boy, no, you're a man." Yeah. Like you know, it could have just been something as simple as that, rather than like. But it could. I mean, maybe it was something where this 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 child was going to grow up to realize, no, I, I I'm not you know I'm I'm not supposed to be a guy. I'm supposed to be something else. I I, I don't know, but it could be like, and I think that that still fits with the idea of like how he accepts her as his mm-hmm. son, and it fits with all these themes that are going on uh like that, that's totally something that's there i think from her side of it though i don't think like her i think her hiding as a as a as a man is less to do with who she is and more to do with the pressures on her and like who being her and what that entails and mm-hmm. what, what, like how people react to her when she's dancing early on she gets these creeps that come after her she she has this hard shell because men around her are dangerous she doesn't trust men because of who her father was and who her father was with her um whether that was abusive or whether that was just he was a bit of a dick uh, i mean again you can sort of read into that as much as you want i think i, I think it's open to sort of like think about it mm-hmm. well i think what's part of what makes this movie kind of special to me and what what makes what i think makes the drama between these two characters work so well is that both of them fill a role that the other one really needs, but it doesn't necessarily mean that each one is exactly what the other person needed, like, on paper. Like, because the whole point was is that he needed to feel like he loved someone unconditionally no matter who they were. So the idea that he gives this love to her, even once he does know that it's her, and he knows it's Alexia, and he says to her, you know, when, when the towel drops, and he's like, I, like, you're my son no matter what. I don't care who you are, right? Do, do, do you understand that? And she's mm-hmm. like yeah and she doesn't she mostly doesn't talk once she's pretending to be the son it's not until quite late well, on yeah she doesn't want to give it away like yeah. maybe the voice would give it away she has to do her batman voice mm-hmm. yes i'm andre wee <laughs> wee oui, oui. and it's notable as well that she does try to abort this you know potential baby oh yeah that's a really awful scene she takes that knitting needle and she 
She's going straight for the cervix. Yeah, she just goes for it. Um, but it doesn't work, obviously. And she does sort of become more attached. She sort of, like, holds her stomach. But she she a- apologizes when she, like, starts to wrap it. Yeah. There's a lot of gross scenes, though, of her, like, scratching at her belly. And there's a lot of, like, you know, scratches and cuts mm-hmm. and holes. And there's, like, black goo or oil coming out of, of orifices. You see a little bit of chrome. Well, I say chrome. Titanium. <laughs> uh, they're sneaking out through the, the, the wounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, there's some, there's some real body horror. I mean, we got it with the kills also, but... Obviously, Alexia as a character is is not, like, morally good in the sense that she, you know, she's murdering people. She's 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 murdered... Innocent people. Yeah. I mean, the, the first guy we see, like, yeah, he was attacking her, but didn't deserve a brutal death like that unless that was her only option. Yeah, um, but then later on, she just starts murdering people. But yeah. then she starts murdering people. And then we hear on the radio that there's been a string of murders for a while. Yeah, and we presume that it's her. It's her, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they never confirm it one way or the other. You just, But it, it like, you know. I it, assume it's, yeah, yeah, it's there to let you know that she's been, this is not her first time. And it, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's very, like, and a lot of the characters, even the ones that are just, because there's, there's the guy who, so she kills Justine and she chases up the girl into the bathroom and while she's in the bathroom, this guy comes out butt-ass naked. And he's this kind of bigger guy, you know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's quite portly. And he's sort of just, he's completely naked, but he's holding his hands over his, his, his crotch to sort of, like, be polite. But he, he mm-hmm. seems quite nervous, and he seems quite shy, and it just sort of, like, and she, she, she hugs him, and she says she's not feeling great or whatever, and she's like, hey, did you want my bed? Like, and he just, it doesn't come off across as creepy, he's, he's just trying no, to be nice. No, just like, you can lay down. Yeah. Um... And then she she kills him while she's hugging him, and it's like this guy this guy felt like a gentle giant, you know. I mean, I know he was oh, com- yeah. I know he was completely naked, but I, it feels like they were just having some sort of weird like sex party or something in this house, yeah. Like, like so it's a bunch of some French thing, I don't know. Yeah, some some free going <laughs> French roommates all just having weird sex with each other, and it's notable as well that when she struggles with the woman who tries to escape, she gets her head hit against the uh, the wall, and the doctor at the start did say that the. Oh, the titanium plate will it'll be fine as long as there's no any not any like violent like impact. So mm-hmm. you're sort of left. I, I thought it was going to bring it up more, but I, I I think it's maybe just there for a little bit of like, oh, this is where things really start changing for because this this has moved, and like either her connection to the titanium's corrupted now or maybe I don't know. Like she's she's unlocked <laughs> she's she, she knows who she is now or something like that. i guess i mean she doesn't really kill again after that except for like she does attack her father figure she's tempted one. to she almost does because she, she goes she goes she, she she runs away and she gets on a bus at one point in the movie and there's this other woman on the bus with her who she doesn't speak to she, i mean she's still she's still like in her like her get up so she's still like maybe just a skinny guy but this other woman's on the bus and this drunk group of guys gets on this bus and they go up the back of the, the coach and they start, like, catcalling and heckling uh, the woman and, and just saying a bunch of really awful things. And, I, I mean, if I was her, I'd probably get off that bus and wait for the next one uh, <laughs> with how bad it was. Yeah, but, like, it's also just something that women deal with. I think the whole point of that is to show that she's not dealing with it anymore because she looks like a man. Like, that's the only yeah. way you can get out of it. That, this, this, this <laughs> I is mean, the, her job before was to be catcalled. This is the point where she decides to stay with Vincent. This is the point where she goes back. She makes the choice to mm-hmm. turn back. So, yeah, you're right. That, that's the point of the scene is 
she's like wait this is... and I, I i took it as kind of cruel because part of me was thinking hey you're pretty tough like why don't you protect her like protect this this innocent woman on the bus and so i, I don't think she feels connection to people no she doesn't she's cold and distant she but, doesn't have any kind of empathy but, for it but when she gets off the bus you know when the bus drives away and it's revealed that she got off i was like damn that's a bit cold <laughs> you just left her with these guys on her own well i mean she's already murdered a bunch of people yeah but yeah i think she just doesn't have the capacity to feel empathy for people like um so maybe she is she sees that woman and she's just relieved yeah. that she's not going through that experience herself at, at least not yet i mean i think by the end of the movie vincent like sort of breaks well, through yeah that's the yeah. point of having like a family or father figure you know yeah because he does ultimately love her on because because she's worried like that he's going to find out and then when he eventually sort of sees it and just decides not to care um and it then is confronted with like all the guys like sh just standing in shock as she's doing this sexy dance because he walks in you know eventually and sees it and he's just like this is like how do i deal with this like, yeah he walks away but i think he already knows at that point that who she is no or at it, least it, that she's not it does but he does yeah. seem to be well, he's not seen her be effeminate, but he's also not seen her kind of reveal it to everyone else. Because I think I think that's the main point of this scene is that everyone else now is seeing that this is not really his son, or yeah, or who she was supposed to be. And he and he he actually does this really dark thing where he spits up booze on himself and just sets himself on fire. Like mm -hmm. it's just a little fire, and he puts it out quickly. When he's like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have done this. I made a huge mistake." <laughs> but like you know, it shows that he's in a really dark place. And th there's yeah, so yeah, he's definitely depressed. And, Still. and you know he does have a, like a, a bit of a dark side at one point because he does kind of get someone killed when because there's the one guy who works for him who has basically figured it out yeah I, I sort of felt like maybe Vincent had been a bit of a father figure for him and mm -hmm. I think there was a bit of jealousy that his son had returned and now was getting all of the his attention Sure. And like, yeah, he kind of figured things out, but I think he was looking for something because I, I, I kind of suspect that maybe Vincent was like giving him attention like like he would a son, his mm. missing son. And now that his missing son is, you know, back. Yeah, well, that explains this character's motivations, but like Vincent's motivations and he's saying here, hold this propane tank in this middle of the burning forest. Uh, yeah. Like, you know. That felt because this is right after he tries to talk to him about his son. There's just like a scene before that where he tries to say, "Hey, you, you want to know the truth about this? This your son here?" I mean, he did say that I would kill anybody to protect you, including myself. <laughs> he did say to, that to her, to Alexia. So, um, so he's not even he's not squeaky clean, and that he does let this guy blow up. Like yeah. th th this is a scene that happens in the movie. Although that that kid should have known better not to hold the propane tank. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> your job. <laughs> He's like, but, should we secure this? What the hell do you think? <laughs> I mean, they do make it clear earlier on because he gives this speech to him where he says, um, you know, who am I to you guys? I'm God, which makes my mm -hmm. son Jesus. <laughs> yeah. and, and Jesus will speak when he has something to say. Like that's that's the speech he gives. So I, I guess it sort of sets us up to think that they will, like, even if it's kind of a stupid order they'll kind of go along with them to a point because they just respect them so much and right. trust them uh but yeah i guess this guy killed uh again really good visual scene it's a, you know, it's a nice it's a very different big explosive yeah yeah it's a very different because obviously a lot of this this movie's moody and dark and 
like you know that's this is a very different type of scene to compare to the rest of it uh still mm-hmm. with that art house touch and the way it's captured but still it's a lot of fire which is different <laughs> inherently and there's no women there's no female firefighters no no uh, which i thought was a was an interesting point because i i think i mean i've i've heard the criticism before about like oh women want equal rights but like would you trust a woman firefighter like if they're if they're not physically strong enough and uh you know should they have that job and it's like well first of all like firefighters do more than just lift things and they tend to work in groups so, yeah it'll probably be fine <laughs> but, uh, but i thought that was a like a conscious decision to make to purposely sure. do that for that type of argument that used to be very common and it ties into you know, the him taking steroids it's not just that we see him taking steroids to try and keep up we see him at night like after he's taken them he's like trying to like jump up onto the bar and pull himself up and he gets frustrated that he can't do it anymore and he's like he's trying to like no i need to keep up with these young guys i need to like be tough yeah. and big and he even like overdoses on yeah steroids just trying to he's just gotta be strong and you know it's alexa who kind of comes back and ultimately saves him you know she mm-hmm. holds him and it's, it kind of becomes this codependent relationship again it's this idea that they both need something and he ultimately is going to because you know, when she dies giving birth at the end like he like he, he he's got this baby he's going to be a father now he's got a baby to like look after my metal boy yeah the baby who has like a metal spinal cord and at least a bit of metal in his head so we got like a cyborg baby <laughs> at the end the demon seed the demon seed <laughs> well that's the thing because i'd heard someone compare it to demon seed i was thinking like is there something behind this that's done this to her that they're going to reveal later in the film and it never did like it never like gave us like a oh there's some like weird like fetish it was proteus sor- proteus sor- was yeah. the car <laughs> <laughs> um but it makes because this is the thing like it's a really awkward scene where she after the dancing on the fire truck scene she has sex with the fire truck and by that i mean we just sort of see her like having an orgasm in the front of the you know the, the, the truck uh and then she starts to like get you know going to labor effectively she has great pain she vomits she her oil breaks she goes in to see him and just sort of like lays down next to him and he like and he you can see on his shirt or his chest he's got like burn marks because he's just you know his shirt was on fire the night before she tries to kiss him she kisses him on the cheek at first and she kisses him on the mouth she says she loves him yeah and she she shows affection in the only way that she knows how i think is just to mm. kiss him and he and, and he and he replicates he says i love you too but you know before the yeah. kissing really starts uh but then obviously when she tries to make it more of a romantic kiss he like he pushes her away and is like no that's not this what is this is yeah. yeah she goes into great pain it's like oh shit this is labor and you know she's butt ass naked he's like just and he's like short so whatever he's wearing at this point and like by the way i'm just thinking ahead to when i edit this i'm gonna have to use so many black boxes to like cover naughty bits <laughs> if i put clips of these scenes in uh because because there's just scenes where like she's there's naked a lot of the whole time yeah. yeah uh but like and he's like no come on push and like, he holds her hands and he's like he's there for her and he's like no push like i'm here you're doing yeah. great and it's, it's very supportive like it's, it's as weird and as extreme as this weird like robotic pregnancy as i mean you see her belly and it's just ripping yeah as yeah. she's pushing like the like you, you could see like there's no she's not going to push this big metal ball out of her uh she's probably not going to make it through this and i I don't know if there's something to be said there about rebirth or something like you know like she she was never really quite going to like 
you know, she ultimately got what she needed in life by... I, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is like a rebirth for her, right? So the idea being that now she's finally had a father figure, like the metaphor is she is reborn into a new life that can be loving, that can be normal, that can find normal relationships. Yeah. Um, there is a scene where she does save somebody also through CPR. That's true, yeah, because uh, she's basically like a trainee, like fireman mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for like a lot of the movie, and is taking on a few jobs. And the main one is that they're they're taken out to this uh, this guy's overdosed, and it's his elderly mother who's like called them, and they come out, and during while they're resuscitating the guy, and they've got like the apparatus out and stuff, sh- the old woman croaks like just or, or you know. That's, that's the word he uses in the subtitles anyway. He's like, no, she's croaking great. And he's like, okay, son, you're going to have to do something. Like, administer some CPR, like, push on her chest and breathe into, you know. Uh, do, the, uh, do it to the Macarena. Yeah, because she, she doesn't know how to count count the number of presses. He's like, you know the Macarena? Right, I'll do it to the Macarena. So every time you say Macarena, you need to go down and give her another breath. Sure enough, eventually it resuscitates this woman. And I do think this is an important step. It's like he's taught her how to save a life when all she's done all movie Mida. yeah and it's kind of a dark irony because there's an implication that her real father's a doctor earlier on right mm-hmm. uh, yeah because when she said she's got a sore stomach the mum's like oh I'll get your dad to check you out you know the implication being oh he can do and that he, he does like the pregnancy check yeah he's checking around like the stomach and the womb and he says she's you know she's fine he gives her the, the all clear so clearly this pregnancy is not is also unusual in that yes. he's not able to detect it <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to believe that, given the circumstances. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really that's a good thing to bring up because I mean, one, it's a good bonding moment for them because he's so proud, like because it works. Well, it's also a, a big change yeah. for her, and like, yeah, she has this father figure who is actually nurturing and loving, and is like, look at the contrast between having a father figure also- that is not. Yeah, I, I suppose one way to look at it is that he's actually trying to pass on his skill set and knowledge and he's successfully done it in this scene and he's very proud afterwards and hugs her and it's this like nice moment whereas her actual father as a doctor seems to have passed on nothing to her like they didn't want to share his expert didn't want to pass down his knowledge not not that doctors train their own kids to be doctors that's not how it works but you know what i mean like it's a symbolic kind of thing mm-hmm. um you know, he wants to share who he is with with his child. He wants to like pass on his knowledge. And sure, I'm sure if his kid said, "I don't want to be a firefighter. I want to, you know, go like, I don't know, be an architect or something," I'm sure he'd be like, "Yeah, sure, go do that." But yeah, you know, they're in a place where all he knows what to do is to like try and pass on who he is and give give him this chance. You know, him be the theoretical him, uh, and it's actually Alexia. But yes, I think it's kind of it's a bizarrely beautiful story about some really flawed characters in a really cold movie, but yeah. ultimately is kind of heartfelt by the end because it's like, you know, they both needed something and they were able to find yeah, it in each I other. Yeah, I mean, she's not, an, she's not an easy character to root for in the beginning, but I never found myself going rooting against her. No. I wonder if that's partly because you, you kind of have to read the movie because of the, the science fiction element, which is very metaphorical. I wonder if you just sort of read the movie as an allegory and as a metaphor, as opposed to sort of treating it like a story where, oh, I need to like root for characters in the same way that I would, you know, I hope the good guy beats the bad guy and saves the day. Like, it's not that type of movie. No. Uh, by any means. So so maybe that's okay. But why is the car stuff in it? <laughs> like I say, there's a lot of metaphorical stuff here about her being reborn. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here about uh 
like finding comfort in cold machinery as opposed to other humans so that's what she feels connections with and that's ultimately like it's almost like by the time she realizes it's humanity and like with vincent she's already went too far in the other direction and can't be saved from that so this baby from her in the car is the is the consequence of that but this 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 rebirth of her has a chance to go on uh, with vincent and actually have some kind of normal how he explains where he got this baby or the weird qualities the baby has or the, the dead woman and his play I mean, that's for the sequel <laughs> titan 2 i mean if she is if she's got motor oil instead of milk does he have to give the baby a bottle of motor oil? <laughs> <laughs> 10w30 or something <laughs> yeah i think Full uh, synthetic please these are, are fun to think about, but I don't suspect we're supposed to... They're not important questions for the movie. The baby movie needs an oil change itself. every 5,000 miles. <laughs> That's diaper change code. <laughs> yes, or nappy change for people who uh, use the word nappy instead. Uh you Brits. <laughs> nappy, you take them out in a pram. A pram? A pram. Oh yeah, we had that when I was a kid. So is that in Canada as well? Do you use prams? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not just strollers we're, or... We're very uh, we're very British up there. Uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Canada, it's a weird concoction of kind of American, kind of French, kind of British. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's an odd combination, but hey. But we're all nice. Yeah. Except for some of the truck drivers. <laughs> Although, actually, they're quite so, nice also. They're just kind of dicks. I but was they're just, nice when they're dicks. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, do I make a reference to that when you just said that? <laughs> um, I watched some clips and they're always like, I'm sorry I have to use the word, but I'm calling you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Very apologetically, assholes. Oh, why you gotta be so Canadian? Mm. Those are my people. I like the movie as well. I, I think it's like it's a very art house and expertly directed film that has a lot of thought behind it, has great performances, it has a really good character study that's uh, that is very metaphorical, right? I mean you have to go in knowing that, but it it's it's kinda it has kind of that wildness of a God told me to, but is directed like an A twenty four movie. Yeah. And uh, that, yeah, that that makes sense. And that that is kind of a wonderful combination, honestly. Like I'm I'm into it. I like both of those things, so and it's it's a marriage made this in heaven. It's a Peter movie. I knew it when I watched it. <laughs> and, I mean, it's a pretty Peter movie. I, I, I wouldn't say it's like a full Peter movie, but it's it's a fairly Peter movie. I'll, I'll say true. that. I'll say that. Is missing. I mean, she's sort of a slasher. <laughs> she needs to put on a if hockey mask. She was mask. wearing a hockey mask. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I could see it. Uh. Like I said, I mean, there's probably more in here that we've not touched on, but I, I, I do think an exploration of what it is to be a woman, the expectations of her being a woman, her lack of connection with supportive men in her life, and like obviously finding that. But then from the other perspective, from from Vince's perspective, like the idea of masculinity, which ties into the toxic men, toxic men that are in her life as well, obviously, because like mm-hmm. you're part of why they're problematic is because they're like they're over reliance on their masculinity. You you have all those themes at play. You have kind of your your flavor with the science fiction element, which I do think fits in the movie. Like I, I think it actually, it's this it's, it's like a ticking time bomb for the character. Is this this weird pregnancy that's sort of there? 
but also it goes hand in hand with the ticking time bomb of Vincent finding out who she really is and like the mess that's going to create and it's actually so relieving that he accepts her like at first he accepts her and says I don't care I'm going to pretend you're my son anyway but then ultimately by the end accepts her for just who she is and not like the yeah, fake son yeah he calls son. her by her name yeah because she, yeah, she says my name is Alexia and he's like okay Alexia push you know he, you know uh ultimately yeah it's it's kind of sweet in the end bizarrely although she does die but like i say rebirth rebirth it's all about rebirth <laughs> joe we need we need uh titan- we need the baby to to look at the camera and go i live <laughs> <laughs> excellent reference to demon seed which is all watch but why not make this movie like if you if you still had the same film except she was just pregnant with not a car baby but like a regular baby <laughs> like maybe she had some sort of abuse or you know rape or something that happened or even just like consensual sex got pregnant and just had to deal with this like would none of the drama would change in my mind it would a bit because I, I think part of it is that she doesn't have connections with people I mean, it would work with if it was uh let's say her father abused her and it was his baby like it would probably work in that way because it wasn't like a choice it wasn't a romantic connection with someone i think if it's consensual it takes away from part of like her journey and finding like she's because she, she doesn't have connections with people that's like part of the character um i mean maybe you could read it as like he did abuse her like recently and that the baby it's not really a car baby it's like that's what we're seeing we're seeing this like metaphor of it because maybe in reality none of this is true maybe it's just a regular baby and at the end it's just a regular baby he's holding but the whole time to her it's it's this so that's what we see you could you could read it that way if you want um but because it makes the movie more interesting is <laughs> the short answer <laughs> i can give you but here's the thing though like, i i think if you take it out it loses its personality in a lot of ways I mean, and, I think the the drama is the thing that makes the movie work. The relationships work. No, right. And I like, think you could still be cold towards people and then have this humanity brought out of you by having love in your life. And also, like, her accepting that she is pregnant and giving birth to a new life. No, fundament- no you're right. But the, the, the thing is, is that that's all the foundational drama. That has to work anyway, right? So what effectively you're doing here is you're saying that the drama is good and it works and it works regardless of the the extra element that's there. I mean, I suppose you can kind of make the comparison to Alien, although uh, I know we've had this discussion and you, you, although you agree that these elements are in the movie, they are not intentional about like the fear of childbirth and just having this thing in you that doesn't feel like well, it should well, be well, there. Well, hold, hold on a second. It's not, it's not that I think they're unintentional completely. I, 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 I just don't think they were ever in the original script. They're, they're not in the writing. Okay. I, I think, that, like, all of those maternal and, like, reproductive cycle stuff is intentional by Geiger. I don't think Ridley Scott didn't recognize that some of these themes were, were there when he was making the movie. But it wasn't written into the script, for sure. Well, in any case, like the idea of having something growing inside of you that feels like alien or like it shouldn't be there or there's something wrong with your body. Um, 
when it's creating this new life and that you have to go through this excruciating thing <laughs> to in order to to have something come out of you that's well, alive th- doesn't doesn't this also partly tie into the idea that she feels different because she had because this is the thing like her head doesn't heal around the titanium plate it's just she's got this constant like scar and like mm-hmm. you know part of her head um as part of this idea that she's always felt different to everyone else part of this so this pregnancy inherently is different sure i mean my i my thing was that i was trying to get to is that i just don't think that like i think I don't, although I don't think this, it's necessary for her to have a metal baby, I think that, okay, if you're going to make it different than in sci-fi, is the reason for it because she's not connecting to it as a human. Like, to her, it's just it's this thing that she has to, she has to choose to, like, love because otherwise it's just this thing that she's trying to, you know, forcefully abort in a really like crude way or um trying to hide or trying to push away or like she doesn't there's no real point where she feels like she loves the baby until like much later yeah i mean the 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 difference is already there though because of her attraction to the cars in the first place and because of her weird but it is notable that like it does happen after an incident with a man that she seeks comfort in like gratification in a car Mm -hmm. um but like i think that plays into what you just said like i, I you know i i i i disagree i mean I'm, I'm not saying i disagree that the movie would work without the science fiction element but i think i disagree with your desire to like like try and prove that it doesn't need to be there because well no, no i'm i'm trying to prove that it needs to be there but i i i don't think it does like your justification is that it makes it more interesting I'm like, okay, yeah, that's true, because well, yeah, like, well, much I, like I, God, hold on, hold on, much like God told me to, you go, like, this is so batshit insane, like, okay, I'm going to go in, get into it, but it does also force you to think, like, okay, but why is it there? Why well, no, is there motor oil instead of milk? Why is this, why is this a machine? <laughs> I explained before that why it's interesting. I didn't just say it's interesting and move on, like, uh, I mean, the, the the interesting line that you gave found a little, to me, to be a little defeatist. Like, well, it's more interesting that way. Well, because I've already explained it, and I feel like you're just like you're, you're still not convinced. So I'm not going to convince I'm you not. now. <laughs> well, fine, you just disagree. But like, that's just where I'd impasse then. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, I suppose we can rate the film at this sure. juncture. Uh, I'll go first. I think that the movie is good i think it's worth watching i do th- i i do i mean i think the drama is 10 out of 10 like it's a great study of humans and character and the our flawed natures and the importance of love in our life and family and people and having someone who supports us and uh i think that's really well acted well written excellent i think the sci-fi stuff is like a five out of ten <laughs> maybe even lower so i am going to be nice and give it a seven i think your determination to separate the drama and the quote-unquote sci-fi stuff is really weird to me but um i i think it's 
got great performances i think it's expertly directed i think it has something to say i can feel the director exploring numerous themes as i'm watching it i can't claim to catch everything in it because i feel like this is something that, that if you watch it a few times you're probably going to start to like more things will click in the second viewing because you, you you've got ideas from later in the film in your head as you're watching the early stuff and to me like everything with the car connection and her feeling connected more to a machine than she does other people is is an important part of the film because it's part of the identity of it it's part of if you take that away from it yeah you can still make the drama with the the raw makeup of what what makes the characters click you can do that but then but you're not making titan you're making a different film at that point um this director <laughs> this director wanted to do something that had symbolism in it and like you can roll your eyes because you don't like symbolism but ultimately that doesn't what? Ma- <laughs> i've never said that <laughs> <laughs> well the look you just gave me when i said the word symbolism told me no, that no, the, the, the look was for like well then you're not making titane anymore i think that's a silly answer <laughs> but you're not though like that that's just saying why why does why does a certain director always like to do this type of shot or um and that, that i mean maybe that's not a perfect comparison but like like the the car stuff is in there and it makes sense to me she she bonds with machines because she can't connect with humans right it's the, you know that, that's the, the the fundamental part she, sure. she i mean that's part that that i i got when i watched right. it and she 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 forms this bond right out of that partially also because she also has a part you know part metal of herself she forms this hard shell, which again, I think you have to read this very symbolically rather than literally, uh, which is, you know, she's had to put on this tough exterior, which is why she's so tough and cold. Uh, perhaps it's why she does kill people. Um, I mean, arguably in that opening scene, you could say that as a child, she almost kills her father. Like, she, that very easily could have ended in his death uh, had, had he just, like, you know, swerved slightly differently or the car flipped over or whatever. Like, there's, there's lots of outcomes to that um but i i do think it is an important part of the film and i think it would be robbed of a lot of what it is if you just took it out and sort of made it work without it it would still be good it would still work but just working is not what a good film is it's going beyond working die hard doesn't just work alien doesn't just work (laughs) they're better than just working (laughs) so yeah but uh, also everything makes sense in those films (laughs) There's oh. just there's a little too much upstream color in this for me. Also a good movie, so I, I don't know no, what your I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> the sci-fi part of it is too close to the sci-fi in that film. Oh god. <laughs> have you have you watched much David Lynch? I'm just like I've seen every film of his. <laughs> I'm just curious as to how you do you feel about some of like his films, just in the sense like I don't know. Oh, that was a lie. I actually have only seen Dune. Yeah. Oh no, I've seen I've seen Mulholland Drive, but it's been so long. Yeah, I love Mulholland Drive. Um, I that, <laughs> I'm just, not anti art house. Okay, I, well, it feels like it, it, <laughs> this attitude to me just feels like I like you, you, like Joe. Someone might accuse me because I like art house of being snooty. You're being like anti snooty. This this is like you be this is the snooty version of anti snooty. Does that make sense? <laughs> Look, I think something can be very well directed and beautiful and not make sense and still like be a a wonderful experience in the movie theater. But I think if you're going to make a point about something like they should 
at least, you know, connect to each other in a way that is, I don't have to, I don't have to like, I don't want to say think too much about it, but you know, I don't. <laughs> you are a Roland Emmerich fan is what you're saying. Well, look, Moonfall was great. <laughs> and that's a high bar. <laughs> Moonfall was but... trash. <laughs> trash. But I, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes you can go too far in one direction to where you're like, okay, well, you've lost me now. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I love art house films and I'm all for more of them. And if, you know, I, I think that I can, I do pretty well with them, but I, I think sometimes like you can go a little too far in one direction and forget your audience a bit. <laughs> And I, all that's left to say is I disagree with your assessment of part of this film, then. Then we can leave it at that. And that's not to say that I don't think some art house can be up its own ass or, you know, like, go to... Like, upstream like, colour. No, upstream, that's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, although this is better than upstream colour. I want to make that clear. This is a better I film. I think so, too. Um, but... You know, there are there is art house where you can just feel like someone doesn't know what they're doing and just try to be artsy and they don't they, like you could that this director knows what she's doing. She she is very good. And yeah. I, I feel like I'm in confident hands at both times now that I've watched one of her films. I'm looking forward to whatever she does next. Eight point five is what I'm going to give it. All of that was part of my rating. That that that, that rant and debate. <laughs> but eight point five. So What's coming up next time? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> You're giving me work to do. I'll go check. You tell me about Patreon. I'll look up. You tell me about Patreon. That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as well as $1 per month, you will get access to movies that I understand. Like... Judge Dread. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm sure there's some of the Robot Vampire you did not understand. Robot Vampire was a tough one, I'll admit. Yeah, that one was a little too art house for me. That was not art house. That was that was uh like two like orangutans in a cage somewhere, kind of like wrote a script by throwing shit at a wall, and that's what we got. It was a very interesting film. Uh, actually not a very good review from us i suggest you skip that one it was too incoherent <laughs> to remember or anything so we ended up just it really was not yet fun it was yeah. not easy to talk about <laughs> uh. but the rest of them are great um our newest one is the guyver if you're a fan of power rangers you'll sure enjoy this one if you mm. if you like power rangers but wanted it to be a hard r you'll enjoy the guyver <laughs> <laughs> And oh, actually, for... oh, without the Zords, though, I don't want to get people excited at the Zords. There's no, There's no, no mechs Zords or anything no. like that. Yeah. No, no. It's like Power Rangers in the suits. Yes. With, with the Plus Jeffrey Combs. Punch and, Kiki. Yeah. And David Gale, who hams it up so good. I love how you didn't mention Mark Hamill, who's clearly the biggest name in the And yeah, Luke Skywalker's in it. Um, it's, it's one of those awkward years for him, though, where he doesn't quite know what his look is or what his mm. style is. Um, and uh, if you donate five dollars per month, you'll get to vote on what we watch once a month, and you'll be able to um, get these reviews a day early. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'll thank our Patreon producers for the month as well. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Pelicius, David Sharp, Bordeno, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Traisman, and Alison M. Four days. Thank you to you all. 
Um, so yeah, coming up next time, we have something a bit later. We are finally returning to a franchise that we've been working through very gradually, and that is The Invisible Man's Revenge is up next on the show. So look forward to that. Slow uh, and steady with these Invisible Man movies. Uh, they, they can be spread out. They're fine. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get to that next. So look forward. Uh, there's a couple other more recent films we're going to do. We've got one planned next month, so uh, we'll get to that. And hopefully Tara's a bit more positive on that one. <sighs> oh, yeah. We'll see. I love how you always I play... I this one a seven. You play good cop and tell us something I like, and then all of a sudden... I was very positive on this review. <laughs> uh, I'm only kidding, because whenever I'm like mildly negative, you're like, why do you hate this, Pierre? You hate this, don't you? You just hate this. You've done well, that you, before. You, you were too hard on Moonfall. No, Moonfall was actual garbage. Like, Moonfall's shit, but like other so movies fun. that I'm more in the middle on. Anyway, that has been the show. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to make Tara pose for the thumbnails. One last little thing. So, uh, here we go. Three, two... I don't even know what you're going to pull out for this. One, pose! It's my pondering face. Yeah. (laughs) Is it no good? That's fine. We can go with it. (laughs) Maybe I'll put, like, a... A fireman's hat on you or something. As a, as a full shot. Sure. I can do the side shot. Hmm. No, don't do the side shot. The profile Give me a so, scar. The, the profile shots are so hard to like deal with. You're lucky I got a Predator mask on you for that AVP review. Oh, yeah. That was it a good was, thumbnail. It was hard to find a Predator mask on profile. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's, um, that's the show. That is the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Hopefully you had fun with us debating uh, this uh, very different type of film, uh, very different from Moonfall. And uh, If you enjoyed it, watch Demon Seed. <laughs> and AVPR. Or just AVP, sorry. AVPR still to come. That's coming soonish. Uh, mm-hmm. But thank you for joining us. Once again, we always appreciate it. Keep watching uh, Science Fiction. Remember to like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, and give us five stars and a review on iTunes where we get your podcast from. But that is us. So keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.